Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Thank you for tuning into the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency. My name is Zachary Sexton. Today I have with me Dylan Hassinger. How's it going, Dylan? Hey, man, what's up? Not a lot. So, Dylan, actually, why don't you introduce yourself? You are and a part of the Asian Efficiency team, and yeah. you provide some very vital work for us. So can you tell us what you do for AE? Yeah, so I'm a developer, designer, uh, technology lead for Asian Efficiency. Uh, I work on our websites, and I designed our new website, and I uh, help keep all the systems running. And um, yeah, kind of uh, work as technical support for the rest of the team. And if you haven't seen our new web design, it's amazing. Came out a couple months ago at this point, right, Don? Yeah, uh, kind of came out in some phases this fall. Uh, and and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's been a fun project to work on. Yeah, it's. I feel like the game is upped for Asian efficiency ever since that the first iterations of the redesigns came out. It just looks really good, and. You could probably tell from Dylan's job description that he is good at the computer stuff. And so in today's episode, we are going to dive deep into computer hacks that you can use to be more productive. And Dylan first shared a handful of these with us last year, almost uh, probably eight months ago at this point, at the World Domination Summit. We had a little get-together where we taught each other what we were experts in, and Dylan taught us this and we I just remembered it from last year and I remembered oh man this would make a great podcast whenever we get the podcast going and so now we're here today and Dylan was nice enough to spend his Sunday coming up with 10 hacks that you can use or 10 tricks you can use to be more productive while working on your computer because everyone knows that when you get in front of the computer there's lots of good things and productive things you could do and lots of really unproductive things you could do. So we're here to try to point you in the right direction. Yeah, you know, and so, I mean, it's really a non-trivial thing in our lives. You know, like Steve Jobs says, the computer is the bicycle of the mind. And it's like, you know, with me, I make my living on doing stuff, you know, with my fingers, wiggling my fingers and, and typing it and staring at the screen. And and so, you know, how, how I perform, especially when I used to be a freelancer, you know, how I could perform my income was directly tied to how productive I was and, and, and how much use I could get out of this machine. And I think, we, you know, we have the ability to use it as a as a crappy bicycle with training wheels, you know, for our brain, or we have the ability to, like, hotwire it and use it as, you know, a motorcycle um, and, and for our brain. And so um, it really is the most important tool in our lives. So, yeah, so I got some ideas here on how to, how to do that. Let's dive in. All right, so number one is, now that we mentioned Steve Jobs is uh, use Apple computers. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Apple computers. Um, I, I think they really do bring a productivity gain above um, the other platforms, uh, PC or, or, or Linux. Um, and so definitely recommend uh, running, you know, Apple computers, getting good with Mac OS X. Uh, and um, also have to recommend the MacBook Air. Uh, I did the switch this last summer, courtesy Asian Efficiency. Thank you. And uh, it really is an amazing machine. Battery life allows you to be mobile, 
and uh, and did not have to worry so much about charging the battery. Um, I had been on, a, on an older MacBook Pro for a long time, which which did the job as far as speed and storage and all that. But I was constantly chained to that to that uh, to that power adapter, and so um, having a MacBook Air or or another machine that's um, that's got a long lasting battery, I think, is important. And again, can't recommend Apple products enough. So you just gave an example. The Apple Air allows you to be untethered from any plugs that you might need for hours and hours on end. So that can translate into increased productivity. What are some other ways that Apple computers specifically that that you know of help you be more productive, help you get more done or take more action on your goals? Yeah, um it's um it, it's just in the history of the of the of the platform, it doesn't change very fast. And there's not a whole lot of glitches uh, that is that has started to crack in the last you know say 18 months. But but still overall, the Mac OS X platform is very stable. It's very consistent uh, from a from a developer's point of view. It has um, uh, it, it has a, a Unix um, foundation, which means you can get down to the command line um, and it's a Unix terminal terminal. Um, and the apps all work well. They're they're consistent design language across all the apps. You don't have to relearn things in different apps are weird. Um, and then most importantly, you don't get viruses. Um, so, you know, all this translates into less time spent updating apps and fixing your broken computer and more time creating the work that you want to create. Do you know why it is that Apple computers don't get viruses and PCs tend to get viruses? Well, it, it it goes down to I think the the fundamental philosophy of of the platforms. You know, the PC was really designed to be hackable and, um, you know, uh, um, uh, a little more of a DIY, uh, put it together yourself thing. Whereas the Mac from the beginning was all about they're gonna pick the they're gonna they're gonna dumb down the technology a little bit to make sure it all works very smoothly for you, and they're gonna keep you from doing things that would 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 mess things up. So. There are limitations on what you can do on, on, on Mac, but the trade-off is that your experience overall is smoother. I find, too, the reason why to go Apple instead of maybe, and this goes maybe with mobile devices as well, is that you mentioned that the apps and things all work very well, but also the apps come there first. And so yeah. one app that we all, or I don't know if you use it, Dylan, if you don't, you should, but uh, maybe you don't. It's Text Expander, and it was really hard to find a Windows equivalent. We did find one, and the name is, is escaping me right now, but so we'll put it in the show notes. But you just find those cool tools happen first on Apple, and then maybe they'll migrate to, to Windows or Android or other devices. So that's that's where I come from with Apple, because I'm. it could be Unix-based or something yeah. else based and i would know the difference but the, no, the having the tools at your hand is what i like and the, and the truth is it didn't used to be like that you know when i made the switch there was an okay selection of apps on uh, for mac but it wasn't like it is now where every you know where that is the default um so it's been cool to see it grow um but even aside from the fact that there's more apps i think it's also that there's better apps um you know and, and that, not that not saying that everything on the mac app store is good by any means but overall you can find really high quality software tools 
uh, within the Mac ecosystem that really effectively do specific things. And, you know, so I have, obviously I'm a programmer. I have, you know, a half dozen programs that I use every day, but it's, you know, that everybody knows. But then aside from that, I have, you know, a Swiss Army knife collection of all these other little specific tools for very specific niche things, you know, that help me in my work day. And, um, and, and, that the Mac uh, ecosystem is just really supported, like little little tools like that, which I think is great. Yeah, and we'll t- actually there's a few I think I see in the list that we'll we'll there dive you go, into. Yeah. What absolutely? What about what about number two? All right, so number two. So obviously I'm an Apple fanboy. I'll talk about them all day. There's a second company that I do not like. That's Google. But I will say that's one why good I was surprised Google. to see this on here. <laughs> right. I, I do not like the company Google. I'll talk bad about them all the time. But I think they're evil. But they make a great browser. So I absolutely recommend using Google Chrome as your main browser. Um, I see a lot of professional people almost on a daily basis that don't know this. And I just cringe because it it uh, uh, it is really just a, a very good piece of software. And it's an important tool, I think, for creative people. Any specifics that you have? Yeah, well, so the, so the reason Chrome is worth it is that um, it's faster than the other browsers. Uh, and it uh, it evolves quicker than the other other browsers, so it gets more features fast, new features faster. And then also, there's a huge ecosystem of plugins of uh, extensions for it that are very helpful. So um, so f- for those reasons, um, I, I I think I you know I think it's it's absolutely worth using as the um, as your main browser. All right, even and- e- even though it's an evil evil company. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll leave that for. Another discussion, I suppose. This next one that we're talking about, so we've, we talked about Chrome, and actually you're, the reason you brought up was the same one for that I had for Apple, is that it has all those really neat apps. So uh, one that I really love is called Momentum. I think Tan showed me this one, yeah. where whenever you open up a new browser, instead of seeing maybe your most recently visited sites, which could be very distracting sites like Reddit or Facebook, it opens up into this really pretty picture that says a nice inspirational quote. And if you want to, you'll also say what you're trying to do that day. That'll keep reminding you what, uh, what you wanted to do that day. So uh, those, those and many other apps is Pocket and all those other, other ones that people probably know about are integrate really well with Chrome. So Yeah, probably my, my favorites are Pocket and Buffer. Um, I think the Buffer extension is very helpful. This one, I think you, you had me... Do as well. I'm not sure. Maybe it was either you or my girlfriend who got me to make this switch. And so number three for to make your computer productivity a little bit faster, a little bit more efficient, you suggest? As a left-handed dock. Um, some people are probably like, what? And then some people are probably like, well, that's weird. And then some people are like, yep, because a left-handed dock is awesome. All the cool kids do it. Yeah. Aside so, from being wicked cool, how does it how does it help you out? So when you when you put your the dock course is the thing that's normally on the bottom of the Mac that has all the icons for the apps that you're currently running, as well as icons for apps that are like shortcuts for ones you frequently use. So for most people, what that turns into after like six or nine months is a huge dock with like a, a, you know, a countless number of icons that are all very small and squeezed in there. And some are programs you use all the time. Some are programs you never, ever use. And it's just this, it just takes up space at the bottom of the screen and you really don't use it ever. And it, and it doesn't, it's not a tool to like help you move faster. So by switching it to the left-hand side, which you can do in your preference panel, um, it, it, it turns it into an app switcher that you use on like 
a daily, not even a daily basis, a minute to minute basis, second to second. And so with my doc, I run, I run on the left-hand side and I've taken out all the icons that I don't use or that I don't use a lot. And so I really, I only have uh, f- uh, six, six icons counting the finder. I have six icons in my doc. Um, and I have the finder, I have a browser, I have an FTP client, I have a, a, an editor, I have a command line tool. So, so there, uh, and then I have iTunes. So, and, and so and it's on the left there. And so you can, my, you know, when I'm on the trackpad, I can bounce over there and I can switch and I can switch between apps. I can use it as an app switcher and it's right there and there's nothing distracting. And it's, um, it, it, and then, it, then, and because it's on the left, that gives you more, uh, vertical space. So the content of the window you're looking at, you can look at more of it. You can stretch out that window down to the bottom more, which, you know, a programmer working on a 13-inch screen, every single inch counts, you know? Okay. So you've only got six. I just counted while you were talking, and I've got 17. So... And it's on the left-hand side. It's on the left-hand side, and I've set it up to where there's little gaps in between. Okay. One, so all of uh, there's four of them that I have for basically chat. It's the Slack and the Hip Chat and the Skype and the the Messenger, and then I've got other ones for content production, and I've got other ones for uh, audio production. And I like it, but it might be a little much. I think sometimes I'm searching because they're chunked together. I'm not searching for very long. But I think maybe I should call a little bit more. But I'm because I'm always fiddling with it. Like, oh, does this one make the cut, or maybe this one doesn't make the cut right now? Or, right. Well, uh, so in a in a general sense, I'd say you know whatever works for you. The real the real moral of the story is you know tune your computer to help you work faster and customize it to help you know f- to your preferences. Um, but beyond that, I'll share another trick, which is um, you can create a folder and you can put shortcuts to apps in that folder. And you can drag that folder into your doc at the bottom of it, and that becomes a stack. And then if you right-click on that folder, you can you can view the stack as a list. Um, since this isn't a video show, I can't show this to you. But it basically turns that little folder in your left-handed doc into a little pop-out list of apps. So, so I have a folder for... Um, kind of my second tier of apps, and then I have a folder for like my utilities, which are my smaller tools. Um, and those are both like little pop-out um, shortcut folders that, that sit with it in my left-handed dock. Perfect. All right, what do we got next? All right, number four is a uh, real basic uh, Dropbox. Dropbox is awesome. It's awesome because it always works. It doesn't glitch out. It's stable. The web user interface for it is great. Uh, it'll sync all your files between multiple computers. I use it. I put all my stuff in Dropbox. I have my iTunes library syncing to Dropbox. I have um, uh, everything in Dropbox. And if I lost my computer, uh, I would be able to boot up onto a new one and sync all my files to it without any problem. So it's a safety net for my life. Uh, Absolutely important. And the other thing that's great about Dropbox is you can very quickly view past versions of files. So I can't tell you how many times I have screwed something up, jump into Dropbox, 15 seconds later, I'm back to the version that uh, was, you know, half an hour ago that without any problems. So um, Dropbox is a lifesaver. This Dropbox has saved my butt so many times recently. I've just deleted a file or something weird happened and didn't know where it went. And the revision history has has really been helping me out. So I I definitely am going to start moving more of my personal life on there because all my work life's on there. 
how do you suggest if somebody's start, starting from scratch, they've got everything on their hard drive, and maybe it's organized, maybe it's not, how would you suggest maybe migrating some, some things over to Dropbox? Do you have any workflows that you use or any automation that you have set up? Yeah, well, I think the key is creating like a master folder system that you feel natural with and that you can you know stick with long term. And so, you know, you start by, you know, whatever the something, you know, I kind of think it is my as my eternal archive, you know, so something that you use a lot, you know, and you're always dealing with, well, make a, you know, put, start, start your folder tree on Dropbox, get it going with the free account. And then one by one, as you get, as you're working on different projects or different things happen, add a new st- section to that folder tree and uh and move more stuff in there and uh and that's how i did it and over and then eventually i, I moved to the, to the paid account which is 100 bucks a year but it is i think it's absolutely worth it um and uh and now like i said i've got absolutely every it took me a while but i've now got absolutely everything in there and if i lost my machine i really um i don't i don't think i would i can't think of anything that would stress me out about that that's great yeah i'm at the point where i need to i'm bumping up against the free version I I have I'm taking things out to make sure I don't go over the free version. And what I was thinking about doing is paying for the the upgrade and then also simultaneously having my girlfriend Nikita do the same but yep. use my paid account. And so therefore whenever if I need anything from her, she needs anything from me, you know, I get hit by a bus and I've got some things that I need uh, taken care of I guess at the end or or vice versa there's that one spot for both of us to know where all these documents and important documents and things are. Yep. Cool. All right. Number five, we haven't really been counting these off, but there are 10 of them. So yeah. So number five is really important to my life. And that is using an internet blocker when you're working. Um, you know, I, I come to ADHD symptoms. Um, I, uh, I, I love the web. I love reading. I love learning. It's very hard for me to turn off, the stream uh, when I need to uh, work, especially if there's like resistance around what I'm working on. And so um, blocking off the internet, especially when I'm getting started working on tasks, I find is, is absolutely essential for me. Um, I, I realize it's not as big a problem with everybody, but I think it, for a lot of people it is. What app do you use in particular or apps? So there's a few ways to do it. Um, there's an app called Self Control that I recommend checking out. There's an app called Focus uh, that I recommend, and some of them are different. Some of them have like a timer where you like block it for an hour. Um, some of them, uh, there's of course Rescue Time, which is pretty famous, which is one that actually um, tracks you know what you do, and I think you can block with that as well. I'm not sure. Um, so there, are, and then there's and then there's other ones as well. Um, there's also some Chrome extensions for 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 it as well, which I've used from time to time. I actually do it the manual way. There is a configuration file um, called the host file that's on every Mac user's computer, or I think every um, any, any internet connected computer, uh, and you can edit your host file to block stuff. So I actually, because you know, I have I have an editor, I can just open up that file and and um, or I, what I do is I change the name of it um, when I'm when I'm unblocking sites when I'm in my normal entertainment mode. I I just change the name to something different. And then when I'm work, I change it to uh, what's called hosts. Cause that's an, it's actual name is hosts. And then it basically turns on and then I have everything blocked. Um, all news sites, all blogs that I enjoy, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah. A bunch of silly stuff. 
Nice. So you got the the manual way and the the not manual way. You were talking a while ago when you got your new computer of thinking about actually separating the computers yeah. in general, having one work computer and one yeah. personal. How did that yeah. work out? I I did that for about a month last year, and I got to say it was probably the best month of my life. Um, I absolutely recommend it. I, 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 it was not practical for me to keep doing because my second computer was a MacBook Pro and it was when I had both of the computers in my backpack, it got pretty heavy. And so, um, I think you could do it if you had two errors um, or you could just leave one computer home and take one with you, which would be, uh, I, I, could, I was in a situation where that was practical because I was traveling. But um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I absolutely uh, want to get back to that where I have one computer at home that's for fun and then one that's just work and it's always has everything blocked. And what it did to me is it just like removed all this pressure of having to have self-control, uh, manage my self-control. It was just gone and I could use that mental energy for other stuff. And cause my blocker was on, I wasn't going to turn it off. You know, you never break the seal. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely recommend that if you can get into a situation where having separate computers, it's pretty nice. Nice. And since we're talking about focus, I feel like we got to promote your web app, which is focus with three F's. So yeah, focus.com. <laughs> and I I really like it. You I was talking about Moosty, another time boxing app that I use, and you're like, dude, mine's better. And I've actually switched <laughs> to yours because oh, wow. you can cool. s- what you can do. We talked about time boxing and time blocking and Pomodoro technique I, all the time on our site and probably on this podcast as well. And so what you can do is you can set up a 25 minute session and just say what you're intending to do. And other time timers that I was using didn't say what you were doing. It was just, Hey, the timer started, get working. And I find this is really motivating for me, especially if I'm working on a big project that's going to be taking hours to do. And so you said you need to block the, that stuff off with self-control or the other manual way that you do it at the beginning. And so I find if I know I'm going to be working for six, seven hours on this project, well, 25 minutes isn't so hard. And knowing what I'm going to do with that first 25 minutes is really helpful. So focus, F-F-F-O-C-U-S.com by Et Dillonized is a good one. That's a little bonus tool, I guess, for this in the 10. But yeah, it's F-F-F-O-U, sorry, F-F-F. OCUS.com, focus with three F's. And, and it's a little Pomodoro timer that allows you to also um, identify the task you're working on. And you know, the reason I built that was because um, I, you know, I, I really think my biggest problem being productive, especially as a solo remote worker, uh, but also I think everybody's problem being productive and even every organization's problem being productive is, is staying on task. There's so many things coming at us that we just naturally, and, and, and it is in our evolution to get off task when a distraction comes in because we're, you know, we need to go find that, hunt that rabbit and, and bring it back and eat it. And, and, um, but in the modern world, the way you get ahead is by ignoring the rabbit and working on the bigger projects that you're, that, that, that the longer term thing. And so, um, so yeah, um, small bursts and reminding yourself of, of what task you're on, I think are very important. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about breaking things down on number seven, but uh, let's let's go on to number six, which sure. is another uh, thing you must love to hate. 
Yeah, again, uh, there's a lot of Google tools on this list, which is kind of kind of alarming to me. But um, yeah, uh, the number six is Gmail. I would say Gmail or another high-powered email client. And and what I mean by that is an email uh, an email interface that allows you to archive and search uh, with with tools for that, and then also that allows you to filter and have actions based on filters. And that allows you to really turn your, you know, take control of your email stream and manage it to whatever degree you want. And so um, I definitely recommend using Gmail or another modern client. Cool. All right. Well, let's dig into the next uh, Google behemoth, which is? (laughs) Which is Google Docs. So I use Google Docs um, as basically my master brain for all my like big projects and stuff. So I have documents with, you know, um, well, for instance, when I was a freelancer, I would have a document for each of my clients that had all the stuff that I'm working on for those clients, along with any access info I had and and and, and notes to myself for the future. Um, I have a Google Doc that I use as my main to-do list and like the master control panel for my life. Um, I have Google Docs for random projects that I may get to later. Um, so I kind of use it as some pe- other people use Evernote. Um, but and, and I guess it really doesn't matter about which tool you use. But the point is, is use a doc, use a cloud-based document tool and and build lists for yourself so you don't have to keep all that stuff in your brain. That's perfect. I was actually just talking to my girlfriend about that. I've found myself switching more and more over to Evernote because I use it to journal and now I'm just finding it easier to use. But I used to be really big into the Google Docs and getting things out of my brain that way. And now I use a different task manager, but yep. I I still use Evernote for still bringing things out that don't need to be on my mind right now, but aren't necessarily actionable to-dos. And we were just talking about how she's been doing all this research with her health and learning all these different things. Uh, She's trying out the ketogenic diet. She's doing iodine because that's something, I I don't know. It's, It's very interesting. We talk about it for hours and I'm like, are you capturing this in any way? And she's like, no, not, not really. And she was going to even try another alternative method, which was writing about it in a, an unsearched WordPress blog. So it's always available Mm -hmm. to her and she can share it with people easily, but it doesn't need to be like something perfect or uh, she's not trying to start a blog on it. She just wanted one of the information to be accessible to her or accessible to share. And yep. I think that's really neat, and I'm, I'm, it, I'm, that's interesting that you still use Google Docs over over the alternatives that that you have. So that's well, well, good to hear. An, another trick then there is that I mean we just mentioned two Google well three Google Docs, Evernote, and having a secret you know WordPress install, which are all you know awesome implementations. There's also you know another dozen tools that are official for these purposes and then probably a couple dozen tools that you know can be hacked to do this kind of stuff and 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 so another trick is using different tools for different use cases in your life you know i actually do use evernote i use it for like all my like like pdf receipts and i use it for like screen captures and and weird stuff like that but and and then i use google docs for my to-do list and then i use uh you know drop mark for my screenshots of websites sites i like and and so on and so forth so i have you know probably five or six different tools that i use for different pieces of information that i want to archive yeah, I think the thing is having a system set yep. up ahead of time so you know where to look. Occasionally, yep. I'll 
get that shiny object syndrome and try to try downloading a new tool and I start half using that and half using the other one and I'm not sure where it is. Yep. And whenever that happens to me, I'm like, oh, time to consolidate. Like I got yep. really into Envy Alt for a little while and I was capturing a lot of stuff that I would normally put in Evernote and then I was confused at where it was. And so now I've there's specific use case for Envy Alt and then there's specific use cases for Evernote. And and I'm a lot more clear on where things need to go now. Yep. And 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 then for each of those, um, I I will save a bookmark to that tool in my Google Chrome uh, toolbar. It's up at the top. Uh, I usually like use an abbreviated. So like for Evernote, I might just use an EV. You know, uh, and, and and then I will also um, install the Chrome extension. Um, or if there's like an app for that, I'll put it in my pop out file list. So, so anyway, so if it is a tool that I'm, that I'm officially integrating into my workflow, then I'm going to make sure I have easy accessibility to it everywhere. Yeah. So control D F F F focus, <laughs> three F focus with three Fs like I do. And then it'll always be at the top of your toolbar. Yep. I put that to the top left. I put focus at the top left. Oh, mine's in the top right. I guess cool. I again, whatever, whatever works for you. <laughs> All right. You, you didn't, you're, you're always, you don't have the hard and fast rules. I like that. Uh, uh, this is another one you showed me, and I specifically rem- remember this from from Portland when we talked about it, and I always kick myself when I forget to turn it on because it's really helpful. And when I turn it on, I usually end up using it. When, I, when it's turned <laughs> off, I, I'm like, why don't I have that right now? Yeah, th- this, one, this one comes uh, with a lot of angst. Number eight is having a clipboard manager. So what this is is a small tool. Usually they sit in your menu bar of your, of your Mac, and you can click there, and it will have a clipboard history. So like the thing that you copy and pasted five minutes ago is there. And um, again, it's one of those things that once you integrate into your workflow, it'll just save you just time and time again. And then when it's missing, you know, and you're, and you're working on something and, and all of a sudden you go to paste it and you paste it over some important thing that you now has lost to eternity and you're slamming your head into the table. Use a clipboard history manager. It'll make your life What's the one? Better. What's the name of the one you use? I'm sure I use that. one called Clipboard Guru. Yeah. Um, even last week, I tried a different one out for a while. There are a bunch of different ones on the Mac App Store and a number of ones that are not on the Mac App Store, but uh, it really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend using a clipboard history. And there are, I believe there are some for PC as well. And just to get a sense of the benefit of this, so let's say you copied and pasted one thing and you wanted to put it to another document, but then you accidentally copy and paste something else. And so you could go back to that history and get that mm-hmm. that second to last one rather than like reopening up whatever you're doing and copy and paste yeah, it. I mean, and I like the guru. I don't know if yours is set up like this. It says 1 through 10, 11 through 20, 21 through 30. Yeah. So you, if you have a sense of when the last time you copied it, you, you've got, you're good to go. Yep. And, um, and the, the time I use this the most is when I'm like putting in usernames and passwords that I'm copying from somewhere, you know? So because I have the history manager, I can copy the username and copy the password. Now I can flip over to the window and I can paste in the password and then I can go to my clipboard manager and I've got my username right there ready to flip to, you know, instead of having to go back to the other, back to the other window and copy it again, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's just a little thing, but, uh, but it adds up over time. All right. What's next? So number nine is kind of weird, but uh, it's one of my more exact techniques. I thought I'd mention it here. It's using two browsers. So I use these in the left-handed dock, which I think makes it even better. 
But um, so I run two browsers. The two that I run are Google Chrome and Google Chrome Canary, which is like the more cutting edge um, experimental version of Chrome. Uh, it is the same icon as Chrome, except that it's yellow colored, which is kind of cool. And then I install an extension on it, which um, turns my turns like the 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 uh, the outside of the browser area um, yellow as well. So I know when I'm looking at it that it's a different browser, a different version of Chrome. Uh, alternatively, you, I, I've also run Chrome and Safari, um, or 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 Chrome and Firefox. Um, but uh, but I like running two Chromes the best. What's the benefit of this? So the benefit of this is that you can have two different like sets of activity going. So in my case, um, I, my Chrome Canary is all my work windows. So that's going to have like my work to-do list, my work calendar, my work chat, my uh, whatever I'm actually working on that day, you know, my admin WordPress panel, um, and my, my Google Docs for work, my email for work, all that's going to be open in tabs. Then in the other Chrome, in normal Chrome, I'm running my personal stuff. So I have my personal to-do list. I might have some music I'm listening to on on the website. Um, I might have um, uh, a little bit of web browsing, or if I have Twitter, if I do have my my Twitter open at the time, then I might have that there. Um, and and so I can flip back and forth between these worlds. I, I can be logged into different email clients uh, and have different things running, and mentally be totally separated. And, and if I really need to focus on work, I can close my normal Chrome, and I'm 100% focused on just work stuff. How do, how is this different than having two different Chrome accounts? Um, because you have two different icons in your dock. So now you can, you can flip back and forth between those mental worlds or between those accounts. Uh, at, uh, and, and, and if one browser crashes, it's not going to affect the other one. And, you know, so another way I'll use it sometimes is that in my work Chrome, I will have it, I'll, I'll, be I'll be looking at our WordPress sites and I'll be logged into WordPress. But then in my normal Chrome, I'll be looking at those same sites, but not logged in as oh, a not yeah. logged in user, you know? Um, and, and so, um, and, and then there's other, there's other examples as well, but the, but I, but yeah, I think it's really helpful to, to have, um, you know, if you're going to have different mental spaces or if you're going to have different accounts, but the same websites, um, then, then using dual browsers can be a really effective technique. Great. That sounds good. And number 10, round off this lift. <laughs> n n number 10 is just a general philosophy, but, um, you know, all the time I see people just screwing up with this one. And I just got to say, as a technology guy, as a person that loves gadgets, that loves cutting edge stuff, you know, the, the, the most basic thing about dealing with technology is do not upgrade until you have to or, or until you know it's stable, right? Delay upgrading. Anytime there's a new up, uh, update of an operating system um, or an app, uh, I always uh, will, will delay that, that instant gratification of getting the new features to make sure that other people have tried it out and that it's working for them and that the bugs get, get, uh, get uh, removed. I think this is even more important the more fundamental a tool is. So, you know, it's one thing to try upgrading an app. Sure, we'll see if it works. If it doesn't, oh well. If, but a new operating system version comes out, I absolutely will wait until, you know, the, until actually the next version comes out. So, you know, oh, the next version of, you know, OS X, you know, version 8 comes out, I'm going to wait till 8.1 gets released before I upgrade because I want to make sure that it's going to be stable and not mess my entire life. Oh, okay, okay. No wonder I was like pulling teeth trying to get everyone else to get on 
on uh, Yosemite because I had upgraded it and I needed to I'm, share some I, keynotes with people. And they were like, nope, nope, not upgrading. I'm still doing Mavericks. I'm definitely still on Mavericks. Um, I will get to Yosemite one of these days when there's, you know, when there's a, a specific reason to go to. But uh, I think the, the, the most horrendous uh, instance of this, that especially uh, Aaron, that makes Aaron cringe about, um, about uh, me is that I, my iPhone, I'm still on iOS 6. Uh, which is multiple years old at this point. Um, I have oh, there's some apps that won't even run on it, but I love iOS six. It gets me by. It doesn't confuse me, so I'm sticking with it until you pry it out of my hands. Did you have an experience at one point where you upgraded it and it just rocked your world? Um, in a bad way. Oh, in a bad way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and when it messes you up again, the more, especially the more fundamental a tool is to your workflow, um, you know, you're, you're jacked for a day or a week, you know, or, or more, you know, or, and then you might've lost data. I mean, um, you know, and, and, and as a technologist, I have this happen, you know, on, on websites or on projects I'm working on. And then also with my own tools, you know, you always want to make, you know, be, be very careful when you're upgrading, make sure that, that other people have done the upgrade, then it's going to work. And then ideally have a way to roll back so that if things go wrong, you can get back to where you were quickly. Sounds like a good way to go about it. And that wraps up our list. Dylan, dude, this was awesome. I had a lot of fun chatting with you. I'm really excited to try my new little folder out and the sidebar so things aren't so cluttered. <laughs> um, well, if, if anyone wants to reach out and thank you or maybe ask you a few more technology productivity related questions, where's a good place to reach out? Yeah, so my Twitter, I'm on Twitter all the time, too much. That's why I block it. Uh, it's at Dylanized, D-Y-L-A-N-I-Z-E-D, uh, Dylanized, and also have a blog that I don't update enough at Dylanized.com. Awesome. And if people out there listening want to dig any deeper to the topics or are interested in finding the links to all the different apps that we put on there, uh, we'll have it in the show notes at theproductivityshow.com forward slash 27. And if you want to connect with us, we're at Asian Efficiency on the Twitter. And so Dylan and I are both there. And I'm probably on it a little bit too much, too. I'm at ZW Sexton. And, or you can email us at podcast at asianefficiency.com for any more questions or people that you'd like to have on the show or any, any show ideas that you'd like us discussing. Uh, we're always glad to hear from you. We've been getting a lot of guest requests lately. So that's been been fun making my job easier so that wraps everything up again dylan thank you so much for your time and we'll see you next time thanks for listening if you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about optimizing your productivity visit us at asianefficiency.com